escalate the same as the drug dealing. Bullets said I penetrate, riding on stolen plates. Did I mention my city was known for its murder rate? Live right by the capital, gangsta get the clapping, folks. High off gun smoke, my hood full of cutthroats. Going down the hill like my city was made slow. Gunshots every day, we don't even look. Eating dinner out the same kitchen, dope is cooked. I had an appetite for money, I'm hungry and can't wait. It's a golden state heavyweight, riding no platinum plate, state to state, crushing grain. Something like a winery, labels try signing me. I'm something like the dynasty, mastered the arts, kept the skill in my rhymery. So I'ma chase paper, now the players stay eyeing me. Thing on my way, to turn a grown man side me. Rude boy, come test, I dare you one try with me. Got a full clip, I can empty off the side of him. Fake rappers try to Welcome, thank you for those of you joining us here tonight. This is Mudville Podcast Season 2, Episode 2. Man, we're super excited tonight. We have a very special lineup. Um, I'm your host, Anthony, but our two guests today are uh, former gang members. When you hear their testimonies, when you when you see the inside of what's taking place, it's going to blow your mind because of what God can do. You know, for a long time, we've been uh, seeing what the world has an influence on, on one's life, whether it be through music, whether it be mutual uh, uh, friendships or whatever it is. But when God comes in the midst of things, God can conquer all through love. And and right here is a very powerful testimony. We want to thank our brothers for joining us here tonight. We have brother Aaron Sanchez and Javier Torres from Life Song. So go ahead in the chat. Give them a clap. Welcome. Welcome, my brothers. God bless you guys. Thank, thank you me. for having me, you know, being here tonight with us. Uh, how do you guys feel about this, this interview? I'm excited, bro. I'm excited. Um, man, we need to hear it. There's a lot of young people out there that need to hear the truth, right? And the truth and, and their Amen. identity in Christ and the power, the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. As uh, So both of these brothers right here, one is an ex-northerner from northern uh, Stockton, from Northside Stockton. Another one is an ex-southerner from the Playboys gang. You're about to hear their testimonies. We're going to jump right into it. Brother Eric, go ahead and uh, let the audience know um, a little bit about yourself and a little rundown and how you grew up in the streets. Yeah, so my name is uh, Aaron Sanchez. Um, you know, uh, I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in, in, in South Stockton, um, you know, with my family. Uh, very young age, uh, six years old. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of, seen a lot of, uh, just a dysfunction and a lot of just uh, things that my brothers uh, had showed me, not only my brothers, but just uh, family members. And uh, at six years old, I was just, I was already, uh, you know, uh, seen a, a, a gun, uh, smoking marijuana at six years old. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, uh, my parents, they, uh, they were already in the church. They were already involved in the church. Uh, my parents did, they had to work a lot. So, uh, just left, I was really at home with my brothers who were taking care of me. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's not like uh, my parents' fault at the same time. Uh, you know, they had to do what they had to do, just like any other Mexican family. You know, they, they had to do what they had to do. They had to work. It's a product of, of the environment, of the culture and everything that's exactly, taking place. Yeah. Exactly. So I was at home and, uh, you know, so my brothers, they're, they're mostly uh, are all involved in the, in the gang life. And, uh, you know, at this young age, I was just exposed to you know, uh, uh, pornography or uh, just guns, money, drugs. And uh, from that point on, uh, I just, this is where like most of the trauma entered in my life. And, uh, 
You know, I, I just, I kind of like, I was raised in the, when I started going into the church with my parents, uh, you know, they didn't really think too much about it because I never really talked about it. And, uh, you know, so going moving forward, uh, I started growing up at age 12, 13, growing up in the church. You know, a lot of us, we grow in the church. We grow up in the church. Uh, but the, the enemy, uh, you know, kind of tries to sway us. And, and that's what happened to me. I was looking for this acceptance from my, from my brothers. I was looking for this uh, approval from my brothers. So maybe around... Uh, Around age 14, 15 is when I started really getting uh, a peak in interest in, in the gang life as a Norteño. And, uh, you know, uh, start going, as, as I started going to high school, uh, I already started, uh, started uh, representing the neighborhood that my family was from. And, uh, you know, uh, then I started, uh, you know, wanting this acceptance, so I would do whatever I was told or I wanted to do more because I wanted to, I wanted to make it known that, hey, my goal and objective was to, to be harder than, than my brothers, you know, because they already had a, like such a high, uh, you know, influence around people. So I wanted this, uh, my influence to be 10 times more than them, you know, because I was the youngest brother. Man, I, I, can, I, I can relate to that because it, 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 being seen that, um, I think it's very important that we truly understand the influences that our siblings do have on us uh, growing up because um, sometimes they always say that they want the best for you, but, you know, they uh, there's a saying that we say, do as I say, not as I do, yeah. you know, and, um, but you, you, you see that exemplarship is kind of like being a hypocrite, like, well, don't do what I'm doing. Do what I'm telling tell you, but this is all you're seeing. A lot of people are visual learners, yeah. and so you've seen that. You're a product of your environment, and so, like you said, you brought up a key thing. You said, I wanted to be 10 times even more than what they were, even harder. So you had a, proof, uh, a point to prove, even being the younger brother. And, and I, I think there's a lot of people out there who who uh, have that same situation. Like, man, I need something to prove. And, you know, I mean, growing up in that situation, that's all you see. You know, Brother Javi, we're going to go ahead and move on to you real quick and, you know, give the audience... Uh, a little background of yourself as well. Uh, well, yeah, I'm Javier. I'm from Lifestyle. I, I grew up in Stockton, California. Uh, I joined the gang at an early age, and it was because it was my identity, right, and seeking acceptance. I went. Uh, I dropped out. Of, it's funny because I dropped out of high school like the first week of ninth grade. I dropped out and just and I didn't even want to be a gang member, honestly. Like, but my Spanish was broken up, so. The Mexicans knew, like, they started thinking I was a Southerner. And then my cousin, Memo, he moved up here. And I started hanging out with him and my older brother. And they were running with, like, Southerners. And that's when I got involved. And so, you know, I'm just going to be a Southerner. I'm getting jumped anyways all the time, right? And so, <laughs> but really, I was just seeking identity. I was just, yes. like you said, I was just watching what they were doing. And then the movies that we were watching. And I was just saying, you know what? That's what I want to do. I see the influence that they have. I want to have the same type of influence. And so by the time I was 17, I got shot multiple times, right? I got shot in the head, my arm, my leg, and my, my shoulder. And so it's crazy to me at, at 17 years old to think back that somebody's getting shot. And I can't, I got a son who's 25 right now. I can't even imagine him being involved, right? In that type of lifestyle. So I just went full force, man. And by the time I was 20, I went to, uh, to prison, right? It was retaliation and all this stuff. So I went to prison for attempted murder. And I was up and down like the state of California. I haven't shared a lot of this stuff in my testimony, but I was like in the Lego Forest in California, 
all the way to like the Salinas Valley to actually be shoot and uh, Bolsa, New Bolsa. And like I was just everywhere. I did a lot of time like most of my adult life from when I was 20 to I was like 36 was the last time I was in prison and I got out. And so that's all I knew. That's the lifestyle I knew. I picked up a heroin addiction when I went to prison and every time I would come out, like I was just running with the homies, but just trying to get high and trying, right? And have that influence. And so that's like a real quick where I was, I was just lost, yeah. confused, had no direction. I didn't believe him. Oh, that's funny. Cause I always say I didn't believe in God, but I blamed him for everything that was happening in my life. Right. So that's like a double standard. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and you so, brought up something good uh, that I, that I caught right there is uh, some of you guys uh, may think going to prison sometimes uh, is a re rehabilitation center. It's a place where I'm gonna go ahead and get my life together. You know, I might have made a mistake, but what Brother Javier said he picked up an addiction while he was inside there, mm -hmm. a heroin addiction. We know there's an epidemic going on with opium, uh, whatever it be, fentanyl. There's drugs. There's sometimes there's more drugs inside the prison systems than there are out here on the streets. And so when you go in there, you're really not being rehabilitated because there's no programs. There's there's uh there's nothing really set for you to be successful. So you, you end up coming back out to the same environment. You end up uh, back out in the streets where you're at. And you said, you know, in and out since you're 20 to 36. Yeah. And, you know, this is all you knew, you know, doing the same thing with the homeboys. My question is, is you guys growing up in that type of environment, what would you guys go back and change? What, like, what would you go back and change and, and really tell the younger yourself, what could I do different? What, what could I have done different? If you could see yourself at the age of 14 when you said you started the game banging before you made that choice, what would you tell yourself, right? Um, for me, I would, I would tell myself that, uh, you know, that, that it's not worth it. And, uh, you know, and I feel really feel that God had had a couple warnings to uh, he had used was my, my father was one of them and uh, uh, another brother that went to uh, my parents church who told me and he was actually a correctional officer okay. right and uh, he told me hey you know it's uh, you know don't go down this route that your brothers are going down so I see I see your change I see what you're doing and at this time my parents had moved to the north side so now I'm being in because they wanted to take me out to where my brothers were and moved me to the north side so that they thought it was going to be like a better environment but this is, it was the same environment stop yeah. so uh yeah so i would tell myself you know it's, it's not worth it and uh you know I'll, I'll tell myself that i'm worthy you know that you're worthy Aaron. Yeah, jesus declares you worthy you don't have to you don't have to be uh looking for acceptance amen yeah, so as he's telling himself that in his prior time if he was 14 again you know, he's also telling those who are still making that decision, who are wondering about their identity, you know, you, you're worthy. God counts you worthy. Yeah. Javier, what would you tell yourself? I remember there was a point in my life where I would go to sleep. I was like eight years old and I would pray. Like, I believed, like, in God, like, I really believed in that. I would pray for all my brothers. That, like, God has took me back. And I would tell myself now that for the older, maybe 13, 14 year old, it's funny because there was a guy named Epa who used to be the Victoria man. He used to always drive to like the hood and be like, get on the van, let's go to church. I'll take you guys to church. Right? And, and I know that there's a lot of brothers doing that right now, like going to, to the hood or, or wherever it is. And I would tell Javi, like, get on that van. What he's saying is true. And, and, and those people love you. Those people want to help you. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so we, we got a lot of those, uh, we call neighborhood preachers, you know, who go out there and, and uh, evangelize and, and share the gospel. I remember the influences I had in my life as well, people telling me about the gospel, and I still don't forget those people to this day because they made an impact. I remember the seeds that they've been, that were planted. At that time, we might not listen, but take it from these two brothers right here where they're saying, look, take that time to really think about it. It's not worth it, the, the road you're going down. Uh, we're going to get into even the culture right now. I'm going to talk to you guys. Uh, what do you feel about the culture grasp your attention to even drive yourself to even say, man, this is this is the lifestyle I want? Whether it be music, whether it be, you know, the fast money, whatever it may be, what really stuck out with you? Go ahead, everyone, we'll start with you. For me, uh, it was, uh, you know, I remember visiting my brother at 10 years old at Solano State Prison and uh, just seeing how he was and how he he was on like just real, real vigilant and all this stuff. You know, I, I wanted that. You know, I, even at ten years old, I remember that, and I ended up ending up in that same prison, uh, same visiting room, but actually the inmate, uh, inmate there. And uh, you know, the culture that really that really grasped me was uh, the music, such as Woody. We used to listen to Woody, and you know, I, all of his lyrics. I you know, the, the enemy was using every single one of his lyrics for for just influence in my life, you know, shootings, whatever, uh, just catching dudes slipping, whatever it was, you know, it was, it was always uh, that, that music would always grasp me and it would pump me up. It will pump me up to go want to do something or, you know, uh, even with uh, my homies, you know, they wanted me to go out and, and just uh, wreak, wreak havoc, really. So listen, to get into something real quick, is when you talk about the music as far as, the, so we're gonna uh, turn that on the northern side. Uh, you talked about Woody. There was also uh, Sir Dino. Sir Dino. That was a uh, pastor. Amen. Pastor David Rocha. We had him here on this show. Uh, who had the GUN album, which promoted a lot of Norteño uh, movement and, and the violence. Would you say, as opposed to just listening to regular music, that that music amplified all of the yeah. gang activity even to a higher level? Yes. Because, you know, we know who Lucifer was. You know, he was... He was an angel uh, that was in charge of the music, you know, in, in heaven before he uh, was disobedient, you know. So, you know, he uses all these things to uh, to edify him, try to try to edify himself, you know, in, in which he uses influence as, as one of the main main influences to, to send people to hell, really. Brother Javi, uh, as far as your influence in the in the music culture and in 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 uh, being a southerner. Um, who had an impact as far as in your life when people you were listening to? For me, it was, um, well, you know, it was like NWA growing up and listening to NWA, Tupac, especially when you talk about getting shot and all this stuff, right? It made my ego and my self-centeredness and all this tough guy. It's like a, a badge of honor you wear being a part of life and getting, and getting shot or getting shot at and not nothing happening to you, right? Not dying. So my influence was that, the rap music, right? I wanted to be like, and then I seen it. I seen the guns, I seen people getting hurt, people getting killed, and I was like seeing it when they were rapping it, like I was actually living it. And so it was the music in the movies, like the American Me and the oh, yeah. Blood Blood Out. Oh yeah, for sure. I was like, yeah. It's always was the influence to that. And so now I looking back, I see that my calling was always to be like an influential person, right? But then we twisted it all up when I was like in prison. And, yeah, for sure. And, and, and and so everything is 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 structured 
and, and into a, a demise of the people. Like when we're talking about um, music, it, it comes out and, and whether we realize it or not, it kind of forcibly puts a hatred within inside our own heart. Because sitting here now, so now that the audience sees, we see the miracle of God. Mm. Two ex-gang members who are on the streets, who would never be sitting here, who would be straight rivals, uh, by any means necessary to be bloodshed. Yeah. But this is your brother. This is your brother. You guys love each other. Amen. What can you tell people out there that the influences of the world, was, what they're trying to do? But what God can truly do, how how would you make an impact in, in their life? What would you tell them? What, what would be a key thing you could tell them to be able to have this love? Because the world teaches us, you know, especially when it comes to gang politics, mm -hmm. to hate the other side, to hate. And we, we, we've went that many years. But we could sit here as a living testimony and say, man, that's my brother. I love him. He's no different than, than, than I am. You know, we want to see the best for each other as opposed to the world saying, well, that's your enemy. You need to go take them out. What, what, Me, man, personally, I would say, I would say, man, the in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, it talks about when you cry out to me wholeheartedly, right? You will find me, and I would, and I would just say, like, cry out to God, and, uh, give Him your heart. Give me. That's what I did when I had the encounter with God. I finally came to a place of surrender, and I just surrendered everything. And I didn't even know it was biblical because I hadn't read the Bible, and I said, just take everything. I don't want my life no more, and I opened myself up to him meeting me where I was at. And I remember feeling his encounter, right? And um, he like opened my mind. So I would just say surrender, cry out to God, ask him, man, just to open my mind, uh, soften your heart. The Bible says he'll remove the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And the Bible tells you that you will be born again and be a new creation when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I would say cry out to God. God is real, man. I, I remember when I got saved, I told my brother, like, the paperwork, because when we're in the streets, we want to see paperwork, this, paperwork, well, yeah. that, and all this. And I told my brother, like, the paperwork is right here. God is real. Everything looks right, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And early on, people were like, man, I thought you were on prison and all that stuff. Because I was on a good one. Like, I had a radical transformation with with God, man. I encountered Jesus Christ, like, the power of God, the, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the acceptance of God, right? And when I opened and read and I realized that, I'm a new creation and that he loves me just because the world preaches a, a different Jesus. The world preaches a Jesus that's going to send you to hell, that's going to uh, never forgive you. And, and that's not the right Jesus. The Jesus that, that we're serving is the one in the Bible, the real Jesus who loves you, who forgives you. And yes, there's conditions and that's like repentance and, and um, just building a relationship with God. And I would say just cry out to God and get to know him, get to know Jesus in the Bible. Go to a Bible believing church. Come on. Amen. Man, for, for me, uh, you know, uh, it's really about because I, I knew about God. I, I knew, you know, I, you know, I had little encounters with him to where, um, you know, I knew about him. I had encounters with the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, I said I, I always pushed him away, you know, just like how Jonah, how he ran away. You know, I was doing the same thing because my, my parents were good parents. They, they, they taught me just basic biblical things. And they were instilled, you know, because it says train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he will not depart. So they never departed from me. But at the same time, uh, the enemy had this little, this, this lens that I had, you know, and it was blinding me this whole time. And, uh, you know, so, so I would just say I would, you know, really just understand that God loves you, that he cares for you, and that you are worthy, that you are seen, that you are known. 
and that you don't you don't need acceptance from others, you know, um, like how the brother was saying, uh, you know, me and me and my brother right here, there's no way that uh, this could be possible without God, you know, because there was times where I didn't even I never met a Southsider ever in, in Stockton until I was actually incarcerated, but I had this hatred so much pumped up from the music, from things, stories I heard, uh, just, I had all this hatred that, that did not need to be there, you know, and uh, it, it's just a false lens, that's, that's the only way I can explain it, and, uh, hey man, uh, I like how you say that, because we, we really like to emphasize on that, what lens are you really looking through, you know, and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're, you're looking through the lens of the, the, the Spirit, uh, God, God, you know, lens, you see things different. You don't see colors. You don't um, mm -hmm. see division. You're able to, you know, love your brother, see your brother as Christ sees him, you know, and, and we're supposed to love one another. You know, I went through many years, same thing with a lot of the hatred, animosity, and, and now coming back and thinking, so for what? what? For what? Yeah, you know, exactly. for, what? for what? When you really realize the, the things that are taking place within that culture, within in that type of lifestyle, you, there's... Two places you're going to end up, and it's a guarantee. Either you're going to end up in prison, or you're going to end up in the cemetery. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there, there's only two destinations in that type of lifestyle. Yeah. But we see right here the living testimony. <laughs> this is right here where God's transformation power can take place. And these, these, these they're very good brothers who, uh, you know, serve the Lord together, who do ministry together. And we're, we're privileged to have them here to be able to share with you guys to make an impact. Say, look, if you guys are going down that road, if you're, if you're listening to us right now, make a choice. Make a choice and give your life to Christ because, you know, God can change that life. Everything that you're, you may be facing right now, it, it, uh, whether it be money, whether it be uh, a woman's situation, whether it be kids, it, uh, you know, God can restore all that. Um, we're going to talk right now, like, as far as, some things that that God has done in your guys' life, like okay. what's what's been some monumental uh, points in, in in your life. Just give me one one good monumental thing that God has done in in your life. It's one uh, for me. Uh, you know, he he actually blessed me with, you know, my wife, a virtuous woman, someone, someone who I prayed for, and actually the Lord has given it, given my wife to me, someone who loves me, who cares for me, and I just. Man, we need a helper, you know. And that's one of the number one things. That, the Bible talks about yeah. he who finds a wife finds a what? Finds, a, finds good a good thing. Come on. And after that good thing, um, I was just able to purchase a home. Come on, a homeowner. Homeowner. I went from a homeowner. Uh, no, actually from a car owner at Ford Explorer. And actually, I was actually in the back of that vehicle in a cop car. Now I'm able to drive it. Come you know, on. so that's yeah. God right yeah, there. Yeah, that's God right there. I've been out for... Uh, a year and a half now, and, and, and you know, and um, baby, a baby girl, she's four months now, Arabella, okay. and just God has just been shout out to Arabella. <laughs> God is doing great things in your father's life. Mm -hmm. Come on, mm -hmm. brother Javier, what what's God done in your life? Man, <clears throat> everything. So, man, like he, like like the brother was saying, he, he gave me a virtual wife, man. She. Man, she's wonderful. She's a helper. He, he blessed us with me and her two beautiful uh, Isaiah and Josiah miracle babies. There was a point in our lives where the doctors were saying no. And even to the point where my son Isaiah was born, he was born. They said it was an 80% chance that he was going to die. 
And so we prayed against it. The, the blood of Jesus still works, right? To this day, the blood of Jesus, and he came back. And so he's at home, and then I got custody of my kids, and mm -hmm. just everything. My, mine and my wife's relationship is beautiful because we, we both are seeking God, right? And also by a pastor, the closer you get to God, you and your wife, the closer you get to together, right? So he made like a visual like that. So God appeared. So it's just been a just a wonderful trip, man, with my family, complete restoration. So on, on the other hand, it's not always, uh, you know, glamorous, oh, yeah. you know, when, when you're serving the Lord, you know, um, you are going to go through trials, you know, but those are the things that help build your character and know what God is going to do in your life. So what has been some tough moments in your life that, that you really had to seek out the Lord as, and, and God has got you through? Um, for me, uh, I've been incarcerated for most of my life since I was 16 all the way to uh, 26. Um, so, you know, I, I had to I had to basically ask the Lord for strength on, on basic things, you know, on learning how to drive again, on basic things, on uh, just building my credit, just things like that, you know, that, that I never experienced, even in the, in the workplace, you know. Uh, yeah, I had, I had done, I worked in a prison and carpentry class, but, you know, it's way different than actually being on the real construction zone and, and just being able to, to work, you know, and... Um, not only that, but, uh, you know, I didn't have problems with uh, fitting, like, uh, being social with people. But at the same time, I had my moments to where, you know, it was tough, you know. Uh, Amen. It was and that's, that's something I, I, I realized, you know, coming into the body of Christ. It, it, it's it's uh, kind of like God has you the whole way because there's certain life skills that we don't never acquire yeah. really you know there's certain life skills that i'm still I'm, myself i'm still learning how to be a good steward with my finances and yeah. you know and, uh there's a lot of but god places people in your life to, to help you like there's a team around you to get you through that and it's in the world the world's trying to take that from you you know, try to take your identity. Try to you. You mentioned credit score. No, none of us grew up knowing what a credit score was. You know, we just we ran through it. Yeah. But now we, you know, God. When you come into the kingdom, you know, He surrounds you with people who are like, okay, look, let's get this part of the, your area in your life. Let's, you know, to the next level. And I noticed that with God, and that's good that that you're surrounded with, you know, people who are able to impart in you with that. Brother Javier, what's been some moments where you right. you know you had to really just get to your knees and really seek out the lord and you know the trials that you've been through so last year was like the hardest season for mine and my wife's my whole family the hardest season ever especially well following the lord so in july of last year my wife lost uh pops which is like her father right it's her grandpa but he raised her and so I learned a lot through that because he went out praising the Lord at the hospital, worship music to his last breath, and scripture after scripture came to mind, came to mind, right? And um, I remember when I got the news that he passed, I walked into that room and I see my wife, like, he was lifeless already. And all his children were, um, all his kids were around him and they were worshiping and praising God and thanking Jesus for his life and just glorifying God through that difficult situation, right? And so for me, I, I remember asking God, like, why are you allowing me to see this? Like, what do you, what do you want me to learn from this? And right away, he gave me a scripture, um, Luke 6, verse 46, right? Uh, he, he, and it's something like this. So it goes, Lord, Lord, you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I do. I'm going to show you a person who follows me and does the things that I do. He is like a man who digs deep and builds his house on a rock, on a strong foundation. 
and that's the verse that came to me along with a bunch of other verses right and so that was that was in july but and we were going through that and 89 days later i got a phone call right that my dad was not breathing so my sister called me and i had to leave work and i ran over there and um and i just remember seeing my dad right there with paramedics bringing him back but i already knew he was leaving right I already knew that he was gone. I got to pray for him. I, I closed his eyes and seeing my brothers around him. Um, the verse I got immediately right there was Matthew 11, 11, 28 and 29, right? Come to me, all you who are heavy burden, right? And I'll give you rest. Yeah. And so like I was right? So it's been hard like that last, the last six months or since July for, up until now, like we're still grieving. We're still going through that difficult situation right now. Yes. But God gets all the glory, man, no matter what, right? Amen. His ways are higher than our ways. I'm never going to understand them. I gave him all, all my questions. I gave him all my pain. I gave him all everything. I told him, you know, I trust you. I, I believe in what you're doing. And I'm still going to live in glory by God. Amen. Man, the grieving process is never an easy process. Mm -hmm. And everybody has a, a, a different way of grieving. Everybody has a, a different process of grieving. Um but one thing we know, we can find rest in the Lord. We can find that peace in the Lord for a long time. You know, like, uh, I, I wonder why at such a young age, my mom passed away as well, too. It didn't make sense to me, yeah. you know, and, you know, she started serving the Lord. But I always remember thanking the Lord for giving us the extra time that he did with us because uh, yeah. she was only, uh, she diagnosed with cancer, given six months to live. She fought for six years. You know what I'm saying? So I, I always thank God now, looking yeah. back at it, I thank you for that time that you gave us. You could you could have took her in the six months, but you gave us six more years, you know? And, and so I, I always thank God, and you know, it's it's uh, it's it's comforting when you can come to God, and no matter what type of pain you're going through. It's never easy losing a loved one, just like, you know, losing a father, uh, mother, whatever it may be, but you know you can find the peace in the Lord. And uh, he's he's gonna take everything that the enemy will try to throw at you, and he'll 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 uh, comfort you, you know. And um, you can continue to go down the journey and say, you know what, I'm living out a legacy that my parents had instilled within me, as well. My next question for you guys, talking about leaving a legacy. If you guys can leave a legacy behind, in three words, what would it be? Hmm. Three words. The legacy that I would leave, I can actually do it in two words, you know, it's uh, serve Jesus. Come on. That's, that's you know, for, for my children, my children's ch children, you know, that's the legacy that, uh, you know, uh, I want my family to know me as and, and all my children too. You know, my dad, my grandpa, you know, he served Jesus, you know. Come on, serve Jesus, you know. Uh, uh, it's Isaiah 59, 21, you know, when the Lord talks about this is what I have declared that the words that I put on your lips will never depart neither from your children or your children's children, you know, from your descendants to your descendants, you know. So it's not only just for us, for our children, but for our grandchildren, you know. So, I mean, I always stick with that scripture because I know no matter what, that me living this lifestyle, and serving the Lord, my kid will inherit it, and, and, and my, my grandchildren will inherit it as well. Amen. Javier, how about you? Yeah, I like that good. too. I, 
I was thinking like four words, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like this man. Go ahead. <laughs> we don't have to sum it down to three uh, words, but go ahead. Just you know, something simple, not necessarily. But he encountered Jesus. You could say that. Or yeah. He was with Jesus, right? Like of yeah. course, they knew. Yeah. Right. And they met Jesus. They're like on. these men were with Jesus. No, we, we we all know that we're all going to have to go sometime, yeah. and you know, um, there's always been a, like. Uh, like, man, what, what would be written on my gravestone, you know? What would I want written, you know? Like, because we never know when our time is going to come. And those who see this or who may not know where you got to request, what would you want written on your headstone? Um, <laughs> recently, I just, uh, I had put a reminder on, on my note. I've been saying it ever since I, I've been out, you know, I, my wife and the kids would be like, man, what, what's going on with you? I, I would just shout it out, I'm free. You know, I'm free. You know, I just shout it out randomly because just, just, uh, you know, just because God saved me. You know, I'm free now. Not just free from prison, but I'm free from, you know, from every every type of bondage. You know, that the enemy had over me. So yeah, I would. I set a reminder now on my phone, and it says like uh, every uh, couple hours, it says, you know, uh, you are free. You know, um, in Jesus' name. It says, Amen. I would put a, you know, I am free in Come Jesus' on. name. <laughs> yeah. Well, how are you? Good, man. I would, I would just put it on. He loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. Come on. He loved Jesus. That's funny you, you asked that question because today my, my my sister sent a picture of my dad's tombstone. Oh, wow. And so they put his name and they have her name. But it was like, you know. Yeah. It's tough, but, we, but man, we have God with God. For sure. He'll be all right. For sure. <laughs> uh, my next question for you guys, now that we, we got, you know, to the point you guys are saved now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys have been walking with the Lord. Amen. What do you feel you're called to do? Some are called to be an evangelist. Some are called to be preachers. Some are called to be pastors, missionaries, whatever it may be. What do you feel that God has called you to do? Amen. Um, for me, uh, you know, the Lord has always given me uh, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, you know, uh, to set the captives free, you know give them beauty for for ashes, you know, and uh, that's something that me and my wife had when I was incarcerated, that's something that we wanted to get started going, was uh, beauty from ashes, and, uh, and I was reaching the youth, but not only that, uh, the Lord had shown me that it's not just the youth, it's, it's everybody, and it's more of a evangel- evangelize, uh, you know, it's, and it's specifically, not just, uh, not just Stockton, but majority in Stockton, because of uh, you know, this this city is, is is where we grew up. You know, it's time to to fight back and take territory back from the enemy. You know, so, you know. Always, uh, just to throw this in there, I always always uh, like to think about it, man. Especially coming from the backgrounds we come from, we always strategize strategically oh, yeah. oh, how we can okay. come together and conquer the enemy. Amen. You know, always. We should always be the same way, if not even much more, for the kingdom of God. Yeah. When we work together as the body of Christ, we're like, man, because the Bible talks about when one part of the body is affected, the rest of it's affected as well. You know, the, the rest of it hurts, but when we're all working together, it is functioning. It's, it's moving on all, all accords. I feel like that as a body of Christ, when we're, we're, we need to come together strategically. <laughs> And say, you know, how do we conquer this enemy? Because we did that in the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. Javier, what do you feel like? So I'm going to read the scripture because I remember about three months in, right? 
being saved. Like God gave me this, but I didn't really read the Bible. He took me to the book of Acts and this is what I read, right? And I remember having the encounter, I was on my knees and I felt the presence of God. But um, <clears throat> this was about three months later. I was like, why, why, you know, we always ask, why are you choosing me, right? And so this is where he, he led me to uh, Acts 26. And I'll start off in verse 15. It's Acts 26, verse 15 to 18. And it goes like this. So I said, why are you? So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people, right? From the Jews or religious people, as well as from the Gentiles, right? From the, where I was at, to whom now I send you <clears throat> to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So when I read that about the Spirit of God speaking to me, telling me, go back to the streets, go. Well, that's why I, I'll partner up, right? When people are putting evangelism out there, I'll partner up and they ask me to share. Man, I'm right there sharing, right? Like I've said it with you guys, you guys have actually been to on the east side parts where I overdose and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm, I'm right about with, that before. Uh, when we yeah. were at Full Bernard, right? Uh, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, another place. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've been, yeah. I'll show up and then I, I share yes. it right there too, right? Mm -hmm. And this verse always comes up because I told God once I read that, I said yes, right? And so I just want to go share that too. The prisoner, the gang member, drug addict, everybody, just everybody. Well, with that being said, um, there's been homicides in our city. There, uh, I believe there's been seven homicides just within this, this year already. Uh, um, violence, drug trafficking, uh, prostitution. Um, there, there's a lot that's taking place within our city. The enemy has a stronghold. Yeah. How do you feel that the body of Christ, you guys being with another ministry, uh, could come together strategically to be able to be effective in going out there and reaching our city. What would you What would you like to see happen, and how do you think it can happen? I would like. I'll go first. Um, man, just I, I've seen it. Ha it's happening actually. Just you, the unity, just that kind of day go down. I've heard conversations even from your guys' ministry, Victor Outreach, and we want to partner up with uh, just going downtown preach the gospel, but not only that, like have resources, like you guys have the, the home, the, the yes. men's home and the women's home, yes. and then just get all the resources and just, just have, give them a place to shower, a place to sleep, right? And then, uh, not only that, I, I, I would go discipleship, like mm -hmm. doing follow-up, once the, we do bring him in, start reading the Bible with them, start discipling the, uh, the ones who are coming in. Amen. Right? And it's been a big uh, emphasis too, just within in, in, in our church as well too, the follow-up. You know, I think it's very important because we can lose a lot of people who, who come in and, you know, we're so caught up in what we're doing that we lose sight of, you know, what their, their needs are. So I think it's very important that you say that because as a body, we need to be more attentive uh, when it does come to new, new people coming into the body of Christ. Man, let's, let's, let's get them fed, you know, let's get, you know, and... Uh, the resources are a very uh, important key, too, because if we have the resources, people are always looking for something. They're looking for something, whether it be medical help, whatever, or, or if they're just looking to get off the street and say, you know what, I, I, man, I've been in this situation. 
having men's home, women's home, wherever it may be, yeah. but have, having those resources, utilizing those resources within the community, I, I believe that makes a, a, a huge impact. Yeah. What do you feel that, 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 that as far as the mm -hmm. ministry uh, as the body of Christ, Amen. what would you like to see? So for me, uh, like the brother was saying, uh, you know, unity, and then like how you like how you were saying, brother, uh, you know, based on the background that we went through, we know that the, the power and unity and the numbers behind the unity. Right. So, it, you know, yeah, I feel like the enemy has been using that, distorting that uh, for a long time, even in, in prison gangs and all these things, you know, the power and his unity. But really, all that is is written right here in the word of God, you know, where it says, you know, um, the body, you know, the arm, the leg, you know, the uh, you know, the, just the different parts of the body, you know, and that's why I feel like it's, it's very important that we all, all the body come together. You know, it, it shouldn't even matter what, uh, you know, what denomination or anything like that. You know, what, what should matter is that, you know, we're professing Jesus and not only that, but uh, we're here to set the captives free. You know, we're here to cast out demons. We're here to, you know, just heal the sick. You know, we're, that's the part of the Great Commission that, that, it, that needs to happen. And, uh, and if we're out of that order, then, you know, how can we come to, to come together, you know? And, and this is God's word, and this is what we should go by. You know, this is something that we should all come together. And uh, so really, yeah, and, uh, numbers. There you have it. There's power in unity and numbers. Right now, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I pray that this podcast reached you. It touched Whoever may be listening, this has been impactful in your life. Go ahead and share this video. Share it with somebody because there's many lives out there who are suffering, who are caught up in the same type of lifestyle, who uh, grew up in the same type of conditions, those who are uh, surrounded with the same type of influences. But we all see that there's one answer for deliverance from all this, and it's in Jesus Christ. Jesus can set you free from every addiction. He can set you free from that type of lifestyle that you're living. That type of lifestyle will lead you nowhere but incarceration or to the grave. You can ask yourself this question. There is eternal life. Will you spend eternal life in hell or will you spend it in heaven? I know that Jesus can give you life and life more abundantly as long as you accept him into your life. So right now, I want to give the opportunity to uh, let my brothers, we're going to go ahead and pray this out. We're going to pray for you guys and, um, you know, that, that God can just, you know, be right there where you're at when you're uh, listening to this, that the Holy Spirit be imparted in you and that, you know, you repent from your sins and, uh, you know, you accept Jesus in your life right now. So, brother, and I'm going I'm to give you the honor to be able to close this out, pray for the people and, uh, you know, just okay. go ahead. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just we just want to thank you. We want to glorify your name, Lord God. Yes, sir. Lord God, I just ask, Lord God, whoever is out there, Lord God, whoever, Lord God, is watching this podcast, Lord, that it just plants a seed, Lord God, that it plants that seed of eternal life, Lord God, through you, Jesus, Lord God. And I just pray right now, Lord God, that you take off those demonic lenses right now in the name of Jesus, that, we, that you take off those demonic lenses, Lord God, and restore their lenses, Lord God, with the, with the mind of Christ, with the lenses of Christ right now, Lord God, that leads to repentance, Lord God. And I just pray right now, Lord God, that even if someone who, who used to know me, Lord, specifically, Lord God, that they know who I used to be and they know who I am now, that they see you, Father God. And I just pray right now, Lord God, that they just make this change right now. This change, Lord God, that changes their life, Lord God, their lifestyle, 
the, the way they talk, you know, Lord God, the, the, the newness of you, Lord God, that lives, Lord God, in them, Lord God. We just pray right now, Lord God, that this seed be planted, Lord God, and that it be watered by you, Father God. And I want to thank you, Lord, for just the unity, Lord, the unity that, you, that you're already making, Lord God, in the body of Christ, Lord God, because you will return, Lord God. You will return, Lord God. So we thank you and we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 There you have it, folks. We appreciate you guys tuning in here tonight. Brother Javier, Brother Aaron, we want to thank you guys for joining thank us here tonight. Have a good night. All right, what's up, everybody? God bless you guys, man. What a powerful podcast we had today, man. If you know anybody that's struggling with gang violence or, man, or maybe it's addicted to drugs or maybe was incarcerated, we want you to share this program, man, because God loves the gang members, man. God loves also myself. So also, we want you to share this. We want you to go on Facebook under Rick Charlie Stockton. Once you go on YouTube, Motivillecast, we also are in Spotify, and you can find us there on Motivillecast as well, amen. And if you don't have a church, amen, we want to invite you to our church right here in Victory Outreach, Stockton, located in 2725 Waterloo Road. We love you, and God loves you. God bless you. digging for gold, boy. Find us on the board. Fishing for souls, boy. Water walking, we don't sink off the boat.